Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. I think this is the last day of the series of uh, the Born Identity series, which has been a fantastic series. And it's based on the narrative, Jason Bourne. I don't know if you know the Bourne. What's the movie's called? Born Identity. That's what it is. Jason Bourne walks up. He's taken a knock to the head. He forgets who he is, what he can do. All of a sudden, when push comes to shove, he's doing his stuff. He's highly skilled. He's overcoming every obstacle, defeating, the, defeating every person in his path, defeating all the obstacles. And Pastor Phil said that really gave him this idea of this theme in the sense that Christians even don't know who they are and what they have. They don't understand who they are in Christ. Maybe you don't know that you're a child of God. One of the major revelations that you need to have is that you're a child of God. And the other thing is, you probably don't realize what you have through the cross and through all that Christ did for you. And what you have primarily is authority. You have authority. You're an overcomer. You're more than an overcomer, the Bible says. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Now, why are we talking about that? Because Because with that authority, you can intervene on someone's situation. You can intervene with someone languishing in hospital with a terminal disease and say, in the name of Jesus, I declare. You can do that. But if you're all timid, shy, just all religious and just quietly creeping around the planet, minding your own business, no, we got some other people doing crazy stuff, being very demonstrative. It's time for the church to be as demonstrative in the sense of reaching out, loving, caring, shining, smiling, engaging, and certainly laying hands on the sick and certainly giving witness of our Christ who has risen, who is alive at the right hand of the Father, who intercedes for you and I and is just so wanting for people to be blessed, to be rescued from every situation that they are finding themselves entrapped in. And we as Christians have this season, this Christmas season, the opportunity to be like a vessel, a conduit of blessing, no matter where we go. No matter where we go, the birds are singing, the bees are behaving, and there's a welcome mat out for people into the kingdom. Is that right? Let's give it up. Let's give it up for the Lord. Let's give Him a hand. Woo! Just keep clapping if you can. Yeah, God bless you. You can take a seat. Awesome. So this sermon is called um, Silver or Gold I Do Not Have. But, but from the book of Acts, the Gospels, the, the book of Acts is directly after the the, the Gospels, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 
And then we have the book of Acts, which gives us the stories, the testimonies of what happened after Christ died, rose, and inaugurated the church in power. And you shall receive power, it says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, to be my witnesses, and you shall receive power. So where does the power come from? It's the words of the Bible. And um, I, I, I want to talk about, and we could wrap it up with, with some teaching of Phil, but Pastor Phil, and what a great... Uh, what a great series it was. I think it's revolutionized us, our church, our people, and, um, and it's been amazing. So after that, after the course that you've done, you should be realizing the believer's position, that you're secure in Christ, who you are, you're in Christ, hashtag in Christ. What you have as the believers, your purpose, your destiny, and, and understanding that, that God is affirming you in his design for you and the purpose for you for living on the planet. And God has great intentions for you. God has great plans and purposes for you. You're not just bumbling around as, a, as an image of God on the planet, but you have, thank you musicians, wasn't that great? Give it up for those guys. That you have a place on this planet and that you have authority and then, of course, through great revelation, through revelation, and on this rock, I will build my church. What's the rock? That Christ Jesus is the Lord, that he is the Son of God. Amen? He is the Son of God. He's the Messiah, Christ, Christos, the anointed one. And you should understand the mystery of all that, that means that Christ on the cross paying for our sins, dying, taking care of death and the curse of the sin and stuff that gets on people. We can be alleviated from that if we believe in God. And so I, I'm so happy that people have been taken through that course. And of course now we realize, oh my God, I'm a child of God. My identity is a child of God. I'm a new creation. The old is gone. That new old version of me is gone. And they, Candace shared her story maybe at school, and they said, my God, I knew Candace long ago, but she's saying, or I heard of a story of what she was like long ago, but now she's a new version. I, anyway, it's a, you're a new creation that, that can live in the kingdom, can't live in the kingdom until you get saved, that's what Jesus said to Nicodemus, the great, the great teacher. He said, Nicodemus, you're a great teacher. You're a great man. You know, God values you. I value you. You're, you're all your contemporaries, we value all that you know about the Old Testament, all that you've done for the temple of God. But I'm introducing a new game plan. You must be born again. Amen? You must allow God's Spirit to regenerate your spirit and your spirit come alive from its independence from God, because God gives us a free will, until we say yes to Jesus, until we receive salvation, we are independent of Him, and then we stand in this reality, oh my goodness, I'm a sinner, I fall short of the glory of God, no matter how good I've been doing, we all fall short of the glory of God, and then when we realize that, we say, God, forgive me, and by the cross of Calvary, we're forgiven and cleansed, 
and it's an ongoing thing as well. And then we stand in the empowerment of God's love, of God's victory, and of God's anointing upon our life. And then we stand up in our fallen society and we're able to deal with the wear and tear, the tide, I say tide as in tides going, the tide of darkness that is lapping up even against the shores of our nation and other nations. We can deal with that and push that back even on behalf of our family, our church, our city. We can stand in authority and declare, no way, Jose, this town belongs to Jesus. My family belongs to the Lord. As for me and my family, we serve the Lord, the Bible says. And I thought about this. I thought about, I could go on a a lot about what you've been taught, but I want to talk about the scripture in Acts chapter 3. Let's do that. Let's go to Acts chapter 3. Open your Bibles, verse 1. You might know this story, but it's going to help me if I can speak it. It's a great story in the book of Acts. The book of Acts is everything that's happened after Jesus ascended. He's gone. He lives at the right hand of the Father. And now these are all the things that the apostles started to, with great boldness and courage, the apostles started to walk out this empowerment of Christ and all these miracles and all these churches being birthed and regions being shaken for God and One day, Peter and John, verse 1, were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now, a man was lame from birth, was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. So we've got these two guys going to worship God, just like you've come to the house of God this morning to worship God. Now, a man was lame from birth, was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, Peter and John are our stars in this, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him as he did John, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the men gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. So what, I'm talking about what you have. What you have, all right? We've talked about your identity, who you are. Now we're talking about what you have. Then Peter said, silver and gold, I do not have, but what I do have, what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, wouldn't you love to do this one day? He helped him up, wouldn't you love to do this? Someone in a wheelchair, someone languishing in a sick bed, someone languishing, sitting in a gutter. It just really grieves me when I see young men just hanging out, obviously on welfare. They're just sitting in the gutter, just hanging out, smoking. You know, they've got no vision, no future. Wouldn't you love to reach out and say, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped, jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them to the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. 
and they were all filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. I love stories like that. So it's a story. It's in the book of Acts. It's talking about the unique, unique ways the Holy Spirit was outworking through the apostles as they moved through the regions dramatically, daringly to tell the story of the risen Lord, our Christ. In Red Square in Moscow, Lenin's in barbed remains lie in a crystal casket in a tomb. Uh, an inscription on the casket reads, he was the greatest leader of all peoples, of all countries, of all times. He was the Lord of the new humanity. He was the savior of the world. All that Lenin did was, was in past tense, wasn't it? As Christians, we know that our true Saviour, Jesus Christ, our Saviour, lives now in the present tense and beyond. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. He's the living Christ. He's not in a casket. He's not, he's not in a grave. He's arisen. He lives at the right hand of the Father and he's He's very busy loving on mankind, rescuing them, intervening, and blessing them. So the book of Acts tells us about God moving in that, after Jesus died, God moving in the church there and then. And of course, can we say that now? Can we say, do we see God moving? Well, we did in the revival meetings. There was stuff happening on the altar. There was stuff happening in the pews. People were obviously being shaken and touched and blessed and moved. God is alive now. We went to the Liberty Church, I think on Friday night, and again, we saw more signs and wonders. It was amazing. The Holy Spirit led Luke to record this story for a purpose Peter and John going to the temple when they healed this lame man. Silver and gold, the Bible says, I have none, but such as I have give to thee. I love that. And a double miracle, he went walking and leaping and praising God. I love that. Who's done any leaping for the Lord lately? I did see some of that at Liberty Church the other day, I'm sure of it. I saw some great stuff. So there's, there's, there's some great lessons in this story, and I thought what we could do, extrapolate some of those things, and I think it will stir us, challenge us. What are we to do? What can we do with what we have? Well, you've got to be able to do something where you are with what you have. For, for Jesus' sake, today we've got to do something in terms of where we are and what we have. You've got to utilize the resources that we have. Money isn't everything, although we've been, we gave money and presents and beautiful gift packages of uh, food to the, uh, the mothers, the, 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 what is it, the Dale College. Uh, they, they're mothers that have fallen pregnant a little bit early. They've left school and this church has a heart for them. So we gave out many. They sang songs from Chrissy. I heard you sang up a song, and uh, that's fantastic. And, but listen, guys, money isn't everything. Too often people think that money is the answer to everything. But isn't it amazing that money was not the answer to this, this story? Peter said plainly, silver and gold I do not have, and then proceeded to work a miracle. There comes a time in the life of an organization or even in the life of a family or, or you and I when money is not enough. Thomas Aquinas, a religious leader of another generation, once visited the Pope and was shown all the treasures 
of the Roman church. The Pope said to Thomas, well, Thomas, no longer can the church say silver and gold, have I none? Thomas replied, yes, Holy Father. But have you ever thought that the church is in danger of also not being able to say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk? Who can concur with that? It's so important to keep our priorities right. And you got talents, abilities and gifts, however you want to say it, to put to work in God's service. But we must answer the question, what are we to offer our Lord? What are we to offer our Lord? Another question follows closely. Am I willing to give myself, including my talents, abilities and gifts, to be used any way that God sees fit? Giving is so important. Such as we have, we give. How do we know that Jesus Christ is living amongst us? The Jerusalem church knew because people were being healed. This lame man was healed. And of course, it signified the power of God. It signified the living Christ, that he was present among them. I love some of the drama that we saw at our revival meeting on Thursday. Obviously, people being set free. Some people are unfortunately encumbered by things that are not good for them, trespasses, um, things that can come on a life, in a life. And the church needs to realize that those things need to be vanquished through the power of prayer. So I thought we'd consider four things from this lesson, this story in Acts 3. The lesson of a crippled society and what can be done about it. Two, the lesson of a divine authority and how to use it. Three, the lesson of a living message and its relevance for our times. Four, the lesson of obedience and expectation. Say expectation. The lesson for a crippled society. Peter and John had an encounter with a lame man who had been crippled from birth. Each day they carried him to the gate called Beautiful. He begged from the crowds who passed by at that prominent place. But that's where the man was healed. The lame man saw Peter and John approaching the gate, so he begged them for money. Peter's words, but changed his life. Silver and gold, I do not have, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. So Peter takes hold of his hand. He lifts him to his feet. The man is instantly healed. He jumps to his feet. His ankle, his feet, whatever the problem was, miraculously healed. He gets up praising God and giving testimony to our God. That's what we want to see happen in people. As we said, Candace was able to share probably at devotions at, at her Christian school. She's a school teacher. She was able to give testimony of her great God. That's an amazing thing. The crippled man had been made whole. Can I say this? The truth is, a lot of our society is crippled. Crippled by, by something. Crippled by, by there's, a, there's a crippled morality. Crippled marriages, crippled relationships. We're crippled by perversion in our society. Abortion continues to claim innocent lives. Pornography continues to destroy homes. Sexual sin is a way of life for millions. People are crippled by alcohol and drug abuse. People are crippled with negative 
attitudes, anger, hate, resentment, bitterness, and unforgiveness, but only Jesus Christ can heal that crippledness. Amen? Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Isaiah 53 verse 6 says, All are like sheep who have gone astray, who have turned from one of their own way. We're dead spiritually until we give our life to the Lord. We're crippled. We can't engage God. We can't worship God properly. And we can't live to the full in God properly. Two, the lesson of divine authority. It teaches us about divine authority and how to use it. Acts 3, 6 says that Peter healed in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You have the power of attorney. My dad's 90. We're getting a little bit concerned about him. He's starting to lose his memory a little bit. And he conceded that I should be as the eldest and my other uh, siblings uh, falling down in rank. That They should have power of attorney for my father in case he really loses it in case some unscrupulous people come along, try and take advantage of him, I can, step in, in, I can step in the gap and say, no, he doesn't want to sell his house at the moment. At the moment, he's getting lots of knocks on the door of his wonderful house at Budgie Ward. He says, I don't want to sell. Would you leave me alone every week? Might be time for the power of attorney. Might be time for me to say, in my father's name, he doesn't want to sell. Amen. Lesson of divine authority. Jesus' promise to his disciples recorded in John 14, 14 was, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So you can see that Peter used that name, the power of attorney. The answer to that crippled generation, the crippled generation that we're looking at right now is the name of Jesus. Peter, claim the authority. That's what you've got to do, folks. Claim that authority in Jesus' name because Jesus has given us all that authority. Matthew 28, 18 says that. He shared his power with the apostles, with you and I, according to Ephesians 1, 19 to 23. And if you read that, it talks about that Christ is the head of the whole thing. The church, the world, the principalities and powers, even Satan, are under him. He's in control. He's won that victory on the cross. We just need to be aware of it. Three, the lesson of a living message and its relevance for our times. A living message. It matters now. So let's, if I could put the Acts chapter 3, verse 13 to 14. We need to realize that this message is relevant now, right now. So the apostles are declaring something through this 13 and 14. Thanks, guys. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. 14, you disowned the holy and righteous one, we did as humanity. That, that's, that's a reality check right there. Not, not those people just back then, but you and I, our human nature and who we are. It, it, it has done that. We've disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. So this message speaks about 
there's a responsibility to own up to the fact that sin put Christ on the cross, the greatest crime in history. Two, the message of the resurrection of Christ from the dead, Acts 3.15. You killed the author. Yeah, okay, I read that. But God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. I guess what we're trying to say there is this. You kill, is that 15? You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. You are witnesses of this. Yes, indeed. Without Christ, without realizing that he's, he's risen, we have no hope. We can't celebrate Christmas. We need to realize that Christ is our hope. The message of the power of Christ's presence, 316. 316, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can see, inferring that his name, his life, his victory had healed that man even after he died. Christ is still our healer by his sovereign presence. Next, the message of repentance and new life, 319. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. I love those meetings. I love going to revival meetings. I love coming to the church and feeling Christ all over again. I love that. It's times of refreshing. I actually feel refreshed. But you got to repent. you got to bow your knee. you got to humbly come and say, Lord, whatever that might be that I need, would you do it? Would you cleanse me? Would you heal me? All, would you fill me all over again in Jesus' name? The message of revival is the other thing from the Lord's, the presence, 319, times of refreshment, times of restoration. Acts 321. And of course, we do believe this, heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up, raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Christ is coming. Anyone who does not listen to him will be, be, will be completely cut off from their people. Not a good day. Not a good day. Four, the lesson of obedience and expectation. The lesson of obedience and expectation. I'm nearly done. What is your expectation? So the man gave from his attention, expecting to get something from them. He was expectant. This man was expectant. The the cripple was expectant. How expectant are we when we come to church? How expectant are we when we come into the house of God or we just go through the motions? How expectant are we when we go to visit our friend in hospital? Are we expecting that we can intervene and maybe pray and, and lay hands on that poor person? How expectant are we when we go to a family dinner? 
Are we really believing that somehow, some way, that because we're shining in Christ, that they may ask us a question when things get a little bit quiet in that family gathering, we're beside them in a quiet corner, and they may say, just wondering, I'm wondering about that God you serve, that Christ you serve. I'm wondering about that gospel. Does it really work? I've got a situation. I've seen your life all year through Facebook, through Instagram. You seemingly are up. You seemingly got joy. You seemingly like to give out good news. You have a good report. Man, I've been down in the dumps. I've been depressed. Man, I've got nothing good to say about my life or anyone else. What is that about you? Are you expecting that when you come into this church, something's going to move in your life, that you're coming into this house with an expectancy? Because the beggar at the gate of beautiful was expected. Here comes Peter and John. Here comes Peter and John. Here they come. At least he was expectant. Silver and gold, we don't have. That's not your answer. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And he was intent. He looked into his eye. How many times have we looked into people's eyes? It's like the good Samaritan. The two went before him, remember? The guy's been beaten up, stolen, robbed. He's laying on the sidewalk. Oh, yeah, I can see what's happened there. Yeah, I can see who that is. I can see that broken down person. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, time to cross. Time to change my path. Time to change my path and, and, and cross over the road and they walk by. But the good Samaritan kept on the straight and narrow, didn't he? He said, oh God, here we go. I thought this was going to happen. Thought, I, I thought I was going to run into something God was going to allow me to bless, intervene. Are you blessed to be a blessing? Do you wake up in the morning thinking that you're going to run into someone on your path, on your way? How did that miracle happen? They were on the way to the temple. Peter and John, we're on the way to the temple. How many times we have a church service of and go, oh, nothing's going to happen today. Yeah, I can have it off today, whatever. And you don't turn up. But God had planned for Peter and James to come to the temple that day. And he said, God's saying, right, I've got the cripple there. Here comes Peter and John. Here comes Peter and John. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the, when was it? The time of prayer, the time of revival, the time when God was wanting. He had signed a time of prayer. How many times have we go into Phil Kansas prayer meetings? It was a time of prayer. God assigned it. I didn't assign it. Phil didn't assign it. God assigned it. God assigned that Friday morning prayer. God assigned the prayer before the church service. God assigned the, the prayer. God assigned that time. And as you are compelled and you're walking on that path to that assigned time of prayer or worship or God meeting, you find yourself in the proximity of a miracle for someone. But oh no, I won't go to that prayer meeting. What's going to happen? Yeah, it's just a prayer meeting. Someone. Oh, it's just church. No, I just go when I, when I want. Maybe your expectancy is low. Maybe you need to lift your expectancy up. One day, Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer and three in the afternoon. Now, a man was lame from birth and being carried to the air and Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. 
looking intently. It's a brave act to look someone in the eye. It's a brave act to look someone in the eye. Because what you're saying, here's my soul. Here's my love. Or here's my lack of love. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But it's a beautiful thing when a Christian can say, look at me. Silver and gold I do not have. (laughs) But in the name of Jesus, I'm telling you, God can intervene in that situation. This Christmas, I know you're saying, You haven't got enough money for presents and your kids are all over the joint and your marriage is on the rocks and and, and you feel like you, 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 you haven't got a job to go back to. But look at me, look at me. In the name of Jesus, I declare to you by the authority invested in me to speak on His behalf, there is a solution. There is a way. There is a way in Christ. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Let's be.